It's like now they don't even cover, you know, UFO abductions anymore. So... (laughs) (laughs) You're listening to the Help Me With HIPAA podcast, where HIPAA and humor collide to make learning fun. Your delightful hosts are Donna Grindle and David Sims. Relax. HIPAA help is on the way. Welcome to the Help Me With HIPAA podcast. Today, we're going to be discussing cybersecurity insurance. So you think you have it covered. Well we might have a little wake-up call for you because there have been some interesting things happening around cybersecurity coverage due to um, something that's happened in the news. We'll cover that in depth in a minute. But first, I want to, first of all, tell you, my name is David. For you new listeners, my name's David Sims, and my co-host is Donna Grendel. How are you today, Donna? (laughs) I'm great. Sounds like we're going to have another good time together. Yeah, well, I had, you know, people sometimes they'll say, yeah, you always introduce Donald, but we don't know who you are. <laughs> I'm yeah. like, you know what? I don't. I never tell people who I am. No, yeah. This is David <laughs> Sims, so I'll need to start to introducing you if you forget. Okay, I'll, I'll try to remember. Yeah, you do that. You do that. And I think last episode you were asking everybody to email David Dummy, so we don't yeah. want to go yeah. into that. <laughs> so we're going to dive into some cybersecurity stuff and talk about something that happened uh, to uh, in a breach incident, and the insurance company is uh, fighting it, I guess you could say. And I know that when I got insurance, first of all, it was a pain because you have to answer a million questions about what are you actually doing around PHI? <laughs> <laughs> because we want to know what are we getting into as an insurance company. Yeah. As a matter of fact, I had several insurance companies that wouldn't even talk to me. Oh yeah, I had that. <laughs> You're like, we're yeah, we're not doing PHI. You can forget that. So, and and you know, for those who don't know, I I run an IT company, so it's not like I have a practice. But when I told them I was doing IT for healthcare, uh, they sit up straight in their seat and was like, "Here, fill out these four thousand forms, and let's see what we can do." Yes, let us give you so, more. We need more input. Yeah, a lot more, a lot more input. And uh, couldn't get just cyber liability. It had to be all these other things, too. Right. Um, And then, of course, I think not long ago, maybe three months ago, I got this like 20-page document in my mailbox that (laughs) said, here are all the changes to your cybersecurity policy. Oh, nice. (laughs) Yeah. um, We don't cover page 1 through 19, and we cover stuff on page 20. (laughs) No way. (laughs) It was a lot that they had made changes on. So, but let's talk about what happened with the Columbia Casualty Company versus the Cottage Health System. Well, this one is a case to watch kind of thing in uh, the healthcare and as well as any uh, business that is um, can be hit by a cyber attack today. Uh, that's pretty much anybody that has computer system. Uh, it could happen to you. Don't think it can't. And a hospital, Cottage Health System, I have several hospitals, and they got a voicemail message from somebody who said, by the way, I was able to Google and read all this PHI coming out of your hospital on one of your servers. Just FYI. Mm. Yeah. So you Mm. know that, that somebody's hair was on fire. That phone call came in December 2nd, 2013. And turns out that on October 8th, 2013, 
their IT vendor was setting up a new server or something, and they left anonymous access turned on on an FTP server. So for those of you that are not technical, there's things that are built in, and FTP is file transfer protocol, which means I can just pick up and drop off files. It's a little file server tool. And there was all this patient information in that uh, FTP folder that it connected to. So anybody, because Anonymous works, anybody could hop in there and look at it. And I think it's a patient scene from September 2009 to December 2nd, 2013. So it was like every day you got somebody new. I wonder how many people were monitoring it. It didn't contain anything other than the medical stuff. It didn't have the financial stuff, the social security numbers, but it did have diagnostic information, lab results, procedures performed, all those things that people may want to keep private. You know, doctor, mm-hmm. <laughs> patient confidentiality. Anyhow, and the IT vendor, by the way, now I looked. So this happened in 2012. It, uh, once the call came in, the server was like disconnected from everything. And, you know, but it, it, it's there's archives and caches all over the place, right? Mm-hmm. But now that vendor, the IT vendor in sync, it's not a boy <laughs> band. <laughs> that's what happened to them i wonder where they went know, they started, started their own it company together yeah you know justin timberlake he was out on his own so <laughs> anyhow they don't mention healthcare as one of their uh, supported industries anymore they, they're clearly why. they don't seem to be wanting to do any healthcare vendors but they work on other industries still in business and that's nice and neat but of course, once this happened, a civil suit was filed. Uh, so they discovered it December 2nd, 2013. And then they had to make all the announcements and all of this and uh, send out the notices. And it's uh, at the beginning, they thought it was 32,500 patients. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you're going to tell me it's going to be more than that. <laughs> well, that's key because the civil suit was filed January 27th, 2014. So not even two months later. There's civil suits filed. It's settled in December 2014, so just this past December, for $4.125 million, along with related expenses and attorney's fees. So, in the settlement, 50,917 patients were mentioned in the settlement. Mm. Yeah, mm. so it got bigger, clearly. And, of course, there's the ongoing investigation with HIPAA violations, the California Department of Justice, and they likely have OCR somehow involved. And they're looking into HIPAA violations as well as state and federal laws because the only thing that's been settled so far is the civil suit by the patients involved. Good thing they had cyber liability insurance. One would think. So (laughs) (laughs) that's what they said. Because they told the insurance company right after it happened, look, you know, this has happened and we're going to need uh, some money. (laughs) We're going to need you to give us some money because we're going to need a lot of lawyers and some other stuff. So they started paying for them, but they all pointed out that their policy said, you know, that we still get to find out, you know, what exactly happened to know for sure whether we're going to cover you, but we're not going to hold payment. Until, you know, because you're not going to know this for a while. So you got to do the research and you got to deal with this lawsuit. Well, they filed for the $4.1 million (laughs) saying, okay, because they had a $10 million coverage. So they're thinking we're good. 
So they mm-hmm. file for it, and the insurance company says, I don't think so. <laughs> no surprise there. Yeah, I don't think we're going to cover you. <laughs> and because you really should be reimbursing us for everything, plus all of our attorney fees that we've had to invest in this process because you said in your application you were meeting some specific cybersecurity standards, and clearly you weren't meeting them based on the results of the forensic studies and, you know, the investigation makes it clear, and you admitted it in the settlement of the civil suit. Mm. So they (laughs) file a lawsuit saying, we ain't paying you, and here's why. And they proceed to say that the, and the, they gave the language in it is, uh, whether in connection with any first-party coverage or any liability coverage, the insurer shall not be liable to pay any loss, failure to follow minimum required practices based upon directly or indirectly arising out of or in any way involving all the stuff, any failure of the insured to continuously. And I think they made a point of continuously. Let's put that in bold, yeah, everybody. Continuously <laughs> implement the procedures and risk controls identified in the application for this insurance and all related information submitted to the insurer in conjunction with the application, whether orally or in writing. So even if they ask you and you just said, yeah, 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 we do this, that counts. Mm. So, but it says if you don't continuously implement these things and controls, the policy shall be null and void if anything in the application contains a misrepresentation or omission made with the intent to deceive. So, so yeah. continuously implementing uh, continuously implementing something sounds fairly familiar. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know the insurance companies are like, well, they're covered by HIPAA, so surely they know and they're paying attention to these things. But clearly, and I mean the questions they ask. They're HIPAA questions, if you think about it. Do you check for security patches to your systems at least weekly and implement them within 30 days? So they're telling you exactly what you should be doing. And the hospital said, why, yes, we do. (laughs) (laughs) Do you replace factory default settings to ensure your information security systems are securely configured? Why, Uh... yes, we do. (laughs) Not this time. (laughs) Do you reassess your exposure at least yearly and enhance your risk controls? Yes, indeed. And then this is where it gets interesting. Do you outsource your IT management, your security management, to a qualified firm specializes in, in security or at least have staff responsible and trained in information security? Yes, we do. Mm-hmm. But if you're going to do a third party, do you make sure that they know the safeguards? Haven't we talked they about should. this before? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, do you <laughs> perform due diligence on each such third party to ensure that their safeguards meet your standards? They said they yes. Should. They should. They say, do you audit the parties at least once a year to see that they are continuously... Ooh, there's that word. Satisfying your standards <laughs> for safeguard sensitive information. Yes, we do. And then here's the fun one. Require them to either have sufficient liquid assets or maintain enough insurance to cover their liability arising from a breach of privacy or confidentiality. They said yes. Well, 
it's very clear in the legal proceedings that that was never done because the IT company, it states, does not maintain sufficient liquid assets to contribute towards the settlement fund and does not maintain liability insurance mm-hmm. that uh, would handle it. So they didn't do that either. They Do you have a way to detect unauthorized access or attempts to sensitive information? Well, clearly, that wasn't paying attention once the door was open. And so they said, look, you have failed to replace the factory default settings because that anonymous is turned on in the default. You've failed to regularly check and maintain security patches. You failed to reassess your information. You failed to have a system in place. You failed to control and check. I mean, they just went on and on and on. So this is going to be a lawsuit now that we need to pay attention to to see what's going to happen because you can be certain the result is really going to matter. And, you know, me as a layperson, not an attorney reading this, I'm like, I think they got them in a, you know, the mm-hmm. vice grip. Ah, ah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. They got them <laughs> by the castanas. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'd say so. Yeah. Because um, it wasn't just that factory default thing either. I mean, they, they found a whole lot more. Yeah, it wasn't like doing. a simple mistake in their filling out the form. If you're reading all those questions, they're saying yes to all this stuff and it's not happening. Mm-hmm. It's like when I go to the doctor and they check all them boxes off. I don't read them. I <laughs> <laughs> uh, bet mean, I mean it is awesome trying to talk to you at a doctor's office. Uh, I I can't tell you about my last doctor visit. I don't think it would go well. <laughs> well, that's PHI. It's uh, you know, it, it, when the doctor starts laughing so much, he has to walk out of the room. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know what? That's what this uh, insurance company should have done when they read the answers to this thing. They should have just started laughing, say, "Y'all so funny." Yeah. So the clear point, though, is these are. The standards they're asking about, they're mostly HIPAA security rule standards. Mm, stu- stuff everybody should be doing anyway. Right. So And I can tell you, I can tell you right now, if you're a small provider and you're and you don't have a qualified HIPAA compliant IT company, chances are you're not doing any of these things because you don't have time to do them or you don't know how to do some of them. Heck, I don't have time to do a lot of the stuff and I'm in IT. Thank goodness we have the ability to set up automation for these things to happen. Oh yeah. And our automation is the only thing that's allowing us to do some of these things that help mitigate what could happen, what could go wrong, and not, you know, an outrageous price because we would have to be going machine to machine manually, and that's hours and hours of time. Used to do it. Yeah, we did. (laughs) Used to do it. It was brutal. Yeah. I hated it. (laughs) But. uh, You quit rocking in the corner. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah, this week I told David is like one more thing comes up and I'm going to be over in the corner just rocking back and forth. And he said, basically, shut up and quit whining to do your work. It was funny. I did say that. Yeah, he did. It's awesome. <laughs> Suck it up. Yeah. He's like, you know, the coach. Yeah, I, I played sports growing up and, and, you know, you always had the coach screaming at you. If you're on this floor the next time down, your butt's on the bench. Nobody wants to be benched, so I didn't let them knock me down the next time. Especially in golf. I don't know how you did that. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, wait a minute. (laughs) Remember, it's you we're talking about. 
<laughs> so back to the point at hand, you mentioned a qualified IT company. Mm-hmm. Expand on that. Yes. Because you in your HIPAA for MSPs business, you work directly with IT companies. And yeah, I'm in there helping too. But you're the one that's out there talking to these IT companies who think that they understand HIPAA. And then when you ask a few questions, you learn that not so much. So you had a, uh, you, you want to talk about the exchange you had on a forum or not? Oh, <laughs> yeah. Let's <laughs> we'll talk about we'll it. Up. Okay. So <clears throat> I'm in a forum that is an IT forum, you know, full of a bunch of geeks talking about computer stuff. And uh, every so often HIPAA comes up as it should because, you know, it's something that's disrupting our market now since it's something that we have to pay attention to and we didn't have to pay attention to it just a few years ago. So I'm looking through this forum and I see all these responses about HIPAA because somebody had asked a a simple question about HIPAA being related to email. And lo and behold, on, I don't know, about page three of this forum, somebody posts, I have been in healthcare for 10 plus years And I can tell you that the HIPAA regulation says that technicians are not bound by HIPAA compliance. Therefore, you as an IT provider does not have to worry about HIPAA compliance. (laughs) And of course, I'm paraphrasing. (laughs) But basically what they did is they went and took part of the regulation and they cut out some of the, the pretext and posted it in there, which made it look like what they were saying was true. But in actuality, what the HIPAA regulation says is it references copier technicians in talking about electricians and plumbers and copier technicians having incidental exposure to PHI. That's pretty much what it was covering. Mm-hmm. And But they presented it as if it were saying technicians, like IT technicians. Yeah. So I uh, politely corrected um, them on that. (laughs) (laughs) But not so much to, you know, try to say, hey, you're wrong. It's doing part of what my mission in life is, which is to make sure that IT companies are getting accurate information about HIPAA compliance. Yeah, we we run into it a lot where they're like, well, my clients aren't asking us to do these risk analysis. Why are you telling us we need to? Palm face. (laughs) (laughs) I know, I know. And we deal with it a lot. And I'm hoping that the IT community is going to kind of grasp this and and not be one of the problems with HIPAA, but they're going to be part of the solution. Uh, and one of the things I see a lot is is people are telling them, oh, yeah, you don't really have to do this. You don't have to do that. Or you're not bound by it. Or all you have to do is, and this is one that drives me crazy, all you have to do is sign that BAA and you're good. I'm like, oh, my <laughs> gosh. It drives me nuts. Yeah. And, and there's so many people out there who think they know about HIPAA and they they don't. They took some type of $25 video course and they think that they know something and they just don't have any idea of what they're telling people. Yeah, they don't even understand. Well, they'll paraphrase the law to make it work for them. And there's companies out there that do it. I mean, they have attorneys that help them figure out a way to work around what the law says and uh, be able to do things that you know I don't necessarily agree with. Uh, but Time will tell, right? Yeah. Time will tell. Well, 
it's like another email I got um, yesterday or this morning. I can't remember which, but it was basically somebody asking, you know, what's the minimum that we have to do? <laughs> and, that, and and when, when somebody starts that type of behavior where it's, I just want to do the bare minimum, yeah. that scares the bejeebies out of me. Yeah. Why do you want to do the bare minimum? I mean, that's crazy. Well, even if you said, I want to do the bare minimum, the bare minimum in HIPAA is more than what people consider the bare minimum. Mm-hmm. You know, even the bare minimum of it is way more work. And if you're going to do it even remotely correct, if all yeah. you're trying to do is get to where you're not going to be considered willful neglect, that's the bare minimum. Mm-hmm. Just at least try to do something so you're not fully neglecting your obligation to comply. That's the bare minimum, and you don't really need a webinar or anything. Just go out there and say, well, HIPAA says this, this, and this, so that's what I'm going to do. Yeah. yeah, that's the bare minimum. That way you can only be fined $10,000 and up <laughs> <laughs> instead of $50,000. Yeah. Uh, but other than that, I can't help you when you're asking me that. I can't help people who... Say, when I show them this, look here, how this automated process, and it's going to show you the activity so that you're able to prove you're doing the compliance work. Yeah, but it's going to show I'm not doing it, too. Wait, what? (laughs) (laughs) So, knowing that, you know, you've got people who are taking that approach, and my guess is they're saying, and and I actually heard them say, well, I'm not too worried about it because our insurance covers it. Mm. Yeah, you might want to be worrying about Which it. Which brings us back to, <laughs> well, yeah. you think you're covered, but maybe you're not. Because I've actually been speaking and somebody say, well, you know, uh, aren't we fine if we have cybersecurity coverage? Maybe. Mm-hmm. Maybe not. It's, just, it's like any other insurance. You probably want to revisit that every so often mm-hmm. uh, because there's going to be changes. Like I mentioned at the beginning of the podcast. I've had cybersecurity coverage and I got a letter in the mail telling me about all these massive amounts of changes. It's like now they don't even cover, you know, UFO abductions anymore. <laughs> so <laughs> <laughs> oh, I didn't see that one coming. A lot of times I'm ready for you, but that one I didn't see coming at all. And I know you you may ask your insurance broker, your poor insurance broker. I'm going to ask mine. I'm going to ask mine. <laughs> I don't know if she's listening, but <laughs> what, it'll be a what, good test. What kind, of, what kind of brought that to mind was when we were talking about ICD-10 codes, yeah. and somebody mentioned the one about falling from an unknown spacecraft. Uh, aircraft. Like yeah, that. that's what it was, unknown spacecraft. And I was like, "Wow, man. So at least they do cover that. You know, if you get abducted by aliens and you fall out of the spaceship, I mean, they got a code for it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Yeah, we're going to go a long way with ICD-10 just for fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like chicken, like chickens. <laughs> Pecked by a chicken. Yeah, we're going to have to cover that uh, topic in a podcast. Uh, maybe that's uh, you know, soon. But needless to say, our point here is, number one, we're not saying don't be covered. That's important. I think everybody needs to be evaluating this and looking at their business and saying, What can I do to protect my business? But on the other hand, don't lie in that application because it's wasted money in a lot of ways. You're going to spend five times that rather than get the coverage. So I know that these applications can sometimes be quite 
you know, like you said, let me give you these 40 something other forms. And then it's like, well, how much of your business comes from this? How much comes from this? You know what? I, I'm a small business and I know some things, but I may not know the exact percentage. And are they going to nail me on that? Now I'm worried. Now I'm worried that, you know, I said it was 28% when it was really 32%. How, how, how much leeway do I get here on these answers? But I think that's not the biggest problem. The biggest problem is a specific question on your security practices and you say yes, and then you never do it. Mm-hmm. I think too that if you're going to get insurance, which you should, if it's asking those questions like, you know, do you uh, have a way to detect unauthorized access or, you know, do you require your IT company to have liquid assets or do you do auditing? That's an excellent document to take and, and look at what you are doing that's required and, and find a way to implement those things. Well, yeah, it, it's like having a mini risk analysis or risk assessment. Yeah. It's, it's a perfect opportunity to go ahead and do one mm-hmm. to make sure. I'm not saying you can't fill out the policy. What I'm saying is when you fill out the policy, that should trigger an assessment to make sure you're doing it. Yeah. So everybody call your insurance agent and tell them you want an application. I, I, need, <laughs> I need to see what I said. <laughs> Being there like, what had happened was... I was drinking that day. And <laughs> that bourbon, you know how that bourbon, it makes you go and do wild things. I thought it was tequila, but okay. <laughs> <laughs> tequila. Tequila, yeah. You can't be doing that in the daytime. You can, you can sip you a mint julep in the afternoon, but uh, you, you, go, you go too far with that tequila thing. It'll make you answer questions on your application that you have no intention of doing. So I guess the other thing, too, is if you're an IT company, you should probably be checking your own coverage to make sure that, you know, you're covering whatever your client's needs are as well. Well, and to check what your contract is, because the contract may be saying that. And so many people don't put these kinds of things in writing or they bury it into these things and people just sign them. Mm -hmm. And they probably did the same thing on that uh, policy. Oh, just say yes. I'm sure somebody's doing it. And nobody asked the IT people, I'm sure. You know, is is anybody looking? Everybody knows we're supposed to, so we're just going to say yes. But is anybody really doing it? Does anybody, anyone? They should have gone to the security officer there and said, look, answer this. And if the security officer was the one that answered it, well, I, 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 I got nothing. <laughs> to be continued. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what to say to that. I'm out. I'm out. I got nothing to. Say. I, got, I got nothing. <laughs> Shake your head, turn, and walk away. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I said that to somebody recently who is um, just started working with me, and they asked me. I said, "Here's this information. See what you can do with it." And they're like, "What do you think we should do this and this?" And I was like, "I got nothing." And, and it, uh, there was this puzzled pause in the exchange, and then it was like, so you don't have the information, or you just said you had this information, now I don't know what I'm supposed to do. I had to explain, oh, I'm sorry. With me, that means I got nothing to offer you other than what I already gave you. <laughs> I got none. I got none. So I know you hear that from me a lot, David, but at this point, when it comes to something else to add to this discussion, I got nothing. You got nothing. So, for those of you who are still with us, <laughs> go to visit us on iTunes. Give us a five-star rating and tell us how much you love listening to this podcast. 
You can also visit us at our website at www.helpmewithhippa.com and leave us a voicemail right there on the website and we might even include your question on a future podcast. Anything else you'd like to add or are you done, Donna? I got nothing. (laughs) Thanks for listening and remember that HIPAA is not about compliance. It's about patient care. You've been listening to the Help Me With HIPAA podcast hosted by Donna Grendel and David Sims. The show created to help you with HIPAA. For more information or to ask us a question, visit our website at helpmewithhipaa.com. Neither Donna Grendel or David Sims are attorneys, and they do not offer binding legal advice concerning regulatory compliance. The information in this podcast should not be relied upon or construed as legal advice in any way. Consult your attorney for legal advice concerning compliance with HIPAA regulations.